Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Cubs Corner Podcast. My name is Anthony Pasquale, and I am the host of this edition. I apologize for the lack of podcasts lately, moving in for the second semester of school mixed with the holidays, and a little bit of a change of plans in terms of my living situation has resulted in the lack of podcasts as of late, but I'm going to be trying to get right back on track with weekly updates on Chicago Cubs news for you, the listener. And let's get started with what every Cubs fan was looking forward to over the winter, and that was the Cubs convention. It's kind of the the signal that good things are coming for Cubs fans. Maybe not necessarily the big-name signing we're, we're expecting, but it's the sign that Cubs baseball is on its way. And that should bring smiles to the faces of every fan of the Northside team. And let's get right to it. I really liked what Chris Bryant said. I think he handled everything asked to him at the Cubs convention well. I'll start with just the whole Addison Russell situation. That's obviously something that's uncomfortable for just about every player on the team. And when asked about it, Chris Bryan handled it in a very professional manner. He said, I think these are types of questions you should be asking Addison, but we believe in him. And and we know that personally, Chris said he contacted his wife, Jessica, and said that this is not something that's going to be happening with him and just making sure he comes across as a nice guy and is a nice guy is something that I liked out of Chris Bryant. But also what I heard in his interview with David Kaplan from Sports Talk Live and the Cubs Talk podcast, that he said he's ready. He said his shoulder feels perfectly fine. It's healed. He's been swinging since December 1st pretty much. So he's kind of getting right back into that whole training resume he went through right before his MVP season. And we know the kind of player Chris Bryant can be when healthy, and the Cubs are looking forward to having just that in their lineup come 2019. Another person who I was excited to hear from from the Cubs convention was Kyle Schwarber. I really liked the questions he answered and how he seems ready for a year that maybe a lot of people aren't expecting. I, for one, was one of those people that kind of think the ship has sailed on Kyle Schwarber, that maybe he's not... Maybe he's not the guy, and maybe he should be somebody that you should try to make a move. But Theo and Jed showed their support for Kyle. They know they have confidence in him. And I took a look at his numbers, and I, I want to petition you all to give Kyle Schwarber a chance. He really hasn't had that much time to develop. He came up middle of the year in 2015, hit the cover off the ball, and then the next year he obviously got hurt and didn't get much of a chance ended up being quite the hero in the 2016 World Series, and then went back to kind of progressing. I still think he's progressing. He hasn't hit his peak yet. The ceiling is still there, and it's a very big ceiling for a guy like Kyle Schwarber. And I think in this age 26, 27 season that he's approaching, this could be the year that Kyle Schwarber really shows us what he's made of. And if you disagree... Take a look at the last two prospects for the Cubs that have hit their 26, 27, or excuse me, 25, 26 year. When Chris Bryant did it, he won the MVP. Obviously, he's one heck of a player. We saw what he can do, and he, he finally peaked at his progression level and won an MVP. And then last year, we had a guy finish second in MVP, and that was Javi Baez, who literally did everything on the field. So I think maybe... This year can be Kyle Schwarber's kind of coming out party just so we can all see what he's made of and not let our ship sail on Kyle Schwarber just yet. I'm going to be honest, I also really liked hearing from Jason Hayward. And I'm 
along with many of you listening, I'm one of those people that still kind of disagree with the move, but I know if we didn't make it, we wouldn't have had that speech in the World Series, all of that. I just think we overpaid for a guy that still hasn't hit to the p- potential that we thought he would. But just his presence in the clubhouse has been monumental for this team. And it was such a presence felt in his interview that he knows he means a lot to these players. Maybe he hasn't been doing it on the field as much as we'd like. But he's the guy in the clubhouse. He's the guy to keep everything going well. He's the glue of that clubhouse. And I I believe in Jason Hayward. I think he can come back this year, surprise a lot of people, and earn the money that he's been given. Now, I know all of you listening wanted Bryce Harper to be announced at the Cubs convention. I know all of you wanted number 34 to switch off of John Lester's back and put it right on Bryce's back, but unfortunately that doesn't look like it's going to be the case. I had hope all the way up until the Cubs convention just because Chris Bryant, his buddy, said, yeah, he's not coming here. I'd love if he did, but he's not going to. And since he's not going to, we're going to try to beat him every time we play him. Hopefully the Cubs do that, but I want to take a quick second and talk about the Cubs offseason and how it has been pretty productive. Might not be the big name everybody wanted, but it's definitely a better team than the one that lost game 163 and the wildcard game just a few months ago. So obviously because of the shakiness from Tyler Chatwood last year and you Darvish only winning one game as a starter, Picking up Cole Hamill's option heading into the 2019 season was huge for this team. It solidifies four solid starters, whether or not you Darvish or Tyler Chatwood come to the table and bring what we paid them to do. So I think the picking up the Hamill's option was huge for the Cubs. It was pricey. It was about $20 million, but this is definitely something the Cubs needed to do to, to have that have that power, have that strength in their rotation. Now, you look at a guy like Daniel Descalso. I know that's the big free agent signing of the winter, but he's a guy that's going to provide a lot of leadership to this team and also versatility. Joe Madden loves guys who are versatile. He likes guys he could put at second, short, third, the outfield. And that's exactly what Descalso is. He's kind of like Tommy LaStella, but better. Tommy LaStella 2.0, you could say. He plays more positions and has a little bit of a better bat, but also is more of a veteran presence in the clubhouse, which is something Theo and Jed said they needed to address in this offseason. Then we got some guys in arbitration for pretty cheap. Chris Bryant and Javi Baez, two of the top 10 players in this league, we controlled for another year through arbitration. Now I know that's not going to show up as a fan this big signing, but keeping guys like that happy with the money they're making for the team they're playing for, that's huge for a team. And I think getting Chris Bryant and Javi for reasonable arbitration numbers is very important from this offseason. Also, I really like the Brad Brock move from just the other day. I know he's not as glamorous as maybe Zach Britton might be, but he's a guy that backed up Zach Britton, had some saves in the time he was gone. He has 33 career saves and a three ERA. He's going to be a guy that Joe Madden trusts with the ball late and I like the signing of Brad Brock, and looks like Theo and Jed have finally kind of broken the ice in terms of signing guys, as they signed a couple of other relievers as well to minor league deals, see if they'll make the team. And I think having those extra arms out of the bullpen, especially when 
Brandon Morrow's not quite right yet is going to be huge, especially early for the Cubs to get off to a hot start. Now, if healthy, this Chicago Cubs rotation should be one of the best in the game. You look at John Lester, veteran guy, you know what you're getting out of him. Same with Cole Hamels. Both of them can continue to pitch well, be great for the Cubs. Then Jose Quintana, probably the best number four in the game, could pitch like a number two or a one. So you can always look for Jose Quintana to do that. And Kyle Hendricks might be the quietest number three in the game. He's such a good pitcher. He commands the ball extremely well. And having him as your number three or four guy in rotation is something everybody would love. And I only list Hugh Darvish as the five right now because of the struggle he had last year, but he could be a number one in any rotation in the MLB. So if you really think about that, the Cubs rotation is dynamic. And the reason I am excited about this year with the rotation is because while everybody's sitting at home in the winter, guess where the one guy that we really need to come out this season strong is? He's in Arizona already putting in work. Hugh Darvish has had a great offseason in terms of progression with his injuries, and I really think he can turn some hens in April and May and earn the money that he was given last offseason. Now, I'm going to make a couple of predictions for this year based off some predictions that I made before the offseason that have not quite been the case. For example, I said Kyle Schwarber, either Kyle Schwarber or Ian Happ would be in a different uniform come opening day. doesn't look like that's going to be the case. It looks like both of them are happy to be Chicago Cubs and they're going to stay here for this season. And it looks like Ian Happ is going to have a shot at that second base position that's kind of up for grabs without Addison Russell. I thought maybe the Cubs would try to pursue a guy like Whit Merrifield, but it looks like the the Kansas City Royals finally realized what they have in Witt and gave him a four-year extension to his contract. I also thought maybe the Reds would be willing to trade Scooter Jeanette maybe to the Cubs for a guy like Kyle Schwarber. And obviously Scooter Jeanette is now on a team that has Yasiel Puig, Matt Kemp, Joey Votto, Eugenio Suarez along with him. So that offense is going to be really good this year. And the Reds aren't going to be looking to give up a guy like Jeanette. So what I'll do is I'll make some predictions about how the Cubs will fare. I'm going to say Schwarber has his best year yet as a Cub. And I think Ian Happ gets the right amount of at-bats this season and surprises some people with how well he can play. He's a very quick player. He's got a very strong, powerful left-handed bat, and he's good with contact on the right side. If he can get that average up just a little bit, Ian Happ is going to be a great guy for this team. And whether it's him or Almora in the everyday lineup, the other guy's going to draw some huge trade interests, I think. Now, if you're a Cub fan, I know the only thing you're looking forward to right now is hearing Pat Hughes' voice on the radio saying, Chicago Cubs baseball is underway. Well, first of all, I'd like to take a moment to congratulate Pat Hughes on winning the Illinois Sportscaster of the Year Award. Definitely well-deserved. He's been a great help to me early on in my career. Love listening to Pat on the radio, but he's even a nicer guy when you get to talk to him in person. So congratulations to Pat. And he'll be saying that in less than a month. Cubs baseball is going to return soon. And with spring training just around the corner, let's go over five storylines to look out for. So for me, the number five storyline is obviously the whole U Darvish situation. Obviously, coming off an injury, this is a guy we really want to see perform 
earn the money that he was given. He was given a monster contract to come in and be a second number one guy with John Lester, kind of spearhead this rotation to success, top five rotation, lock down big ball games, and he just wasn't that last year. So I think keeping an eye on how well he does this season is a big thing for you, Darvish. Next, I'm going to look at the free agents that we have signed over the past couple years to be as big as we pay them to be. Now, that's guys like Jason Hayward. That's guys like you, Darvish, Brandon Morrow, Tyler Chatwood to eat up some quality innings. I really want to see those guys prove Theo and Jed right. I really do, because I think Theo and Jed were definitely right in those moves. When they signed those guys, Cubs fans were insane insane with happiness. They wanted these guys. They're excited to bring these guys to the north side. And now all of a sudden, hindsight vision is twenty twenty. We never should have signed those guys. We should have saved the money for Bryce Harper. I want Jason Hayward to prove he's the guy for right field for the Chicago Cubs. I want you, Darvish, to prove... He's the guy to give the ball to in Game 7, in Game 5, in Game 6, whatever it is. That's what I want to see out of this Cubs team, and I think they're hungry this year. They talked about it all Cubs convention. This team is hungry. I want to see it come March and April. Now, the number three situation is the Addison-Russell situation. Obviously, it's not a good situation for any person, any franchise, any organization. It's just not a good situation. Domestic abuse, domestic violence is a very real issue in this world, and I think the Chicago Cubs are handling it very well. Giving Addison not only a second chance to play for the team, but a second chance to be a better human being. And I think the Cubs staying in communication with Addison Russell and the victim is a very good dynamic to create for your organization, not only to put it in a positive light, but to help those who need it. Help Addison Russell get back on the right track in his life and help the people affected by his domestic abuse to kind of start over and build their lives back. Now, the number two, I call it production or pull. Now, this whole offseason, Theo Epstein addressed the offense broke. We're going to need to do everything we can to fix the offense, but they didn't make any big moves. So he said it's going to be inside the organization. We're going to need production over potential. Now, if that means if a guy like Kyle Schwarber is really struggling... He might get pulled. He might get traded, might get sent down, whatever it might be. And I want to see that. I want to see Kyle Schwarber thrive, or I want to see somebody else thrive. I don't want anybody to struggle on this team, and I really am anxious to see how the organization handles struggles this year, especially after they said it's production or nothing. And finally... The number one storyline to watch is I'm really just excited to see how this division unravels. We've got five teams that are going to be competitive. Personally, on paper, I think the Cubs are far and away the best team in this division. Not far and away. I think they're the best team in the division, but I think Cardinals and Brewers are very close. I think the Cardinals edge out the second spot, especially with those big signings of Goldschmidt and Andrew Miller. Cubs saw a lot of him in the 2016 World Series. Third is the Brewers coming off a great year. I just think it's going to be hard for them to replicate what they did. We might be having a a Brewers beat writer intern from last season on the show in a couple of weeks to talk about what he expects from the Brewers come 2019. Then the Reds and the Pirates aren't going to be the teams you can just wipe your feet with. They're going to be tough games. The Reds have a great offense. The Pirates pitching staff has been boosted. So it's going to be different to see this rotation that's going to have five competitive teams and 
if you're a Chicago Cub fan and you're thinking, well, 95 wins if we add Darvish and Bryant back, we should be around 100. No, the division's much tougher. So I think 95, 96, 97 wins is not a bad target because I think that's what's going to win this division. There's going to be a lot of hard-fought games, especially after Chris Bryant said the Cardinals play in a boring city. That rivalry's just gotten that much more intense. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this kind of shakes up down the rest of the season. But my prediction, I'm going to say Cubs win the division with 97 wins. Cardinals earn a wild card with 93 wins. Brewers just missed the second wild card with 90 wins. I think the Reds will have maybe 79 or 80 wins, and the Pirates will be the worst team in the division with maybe 74 or 75. Now, as we come a little bit closer to wrapping up the podcast, I want to take a quick second to give you my opening day lineup for the Chicago Cubs. Now, for me, leading off is going to be second baseman, not Addison Russell, not Daniel Descalso, but the guy who hit over 300 last year, the veteran guy who got talked talked about in trade conversations, but one of the most reliable bats on this team and reliable guys to get on base and work in at bat, Ben Zobrist. Batting second, playing third base, future MVP candidate again, Chris Bryant. Batting third, playing first base, Mr. Reliable, Mr. 30 homers, 100 RBIs, Anthony Rizzo. Cleaning up and playing shortstop, which is his best position overall, is going to be the reigning second place guy from the MVP last season, Javier Baez, who does literally everything, whether it's on the base pass, with the glove, with the bat. He's going to be a guy to look out for this year that can really drive in a lot of runs and kind of anchor this Cubs lineup that's going to have a lot of pop at the start. Then a prime candidate for a bounce-back year, a guy that's loaded with talent and loaded with potential and has a rocket of an arm, Wilson Contreras, batting fifth and catching. Then all three outfield positions follow. We're going to go left field, right field, center field. Batting sixth is going to be Kyle Schwarber. Got a lot of pop in that bat and a lot of potential. I really think Kyle can have a breakout year this year. He's batting sixth in left field. Then one of the best defenders in the game, who I think was snubbed from the right field top 10 list, Jason Hayward. Hasn't quite hit to what we thought he'd be, but in the clubhouse leadership-wise and defensively, he's been all we've paid for and more. So I look at Jason Hayward at the seventh spot to have some good at-bats, get on base when we need him to, and maybe turn into a guy that we can have first or second in this lineup come later on in the season. Then number eight, the guy that I thought maybe is the leadoff guy for the future, not quite there yet in the eyes of many, shares some time with Ian Happ every now and again, but plays lights out defense, is quite the spark plug, one of the only guys that we counted on to get hits in game 163 and in the wild card game. I look at Albert Almora, a nice left, excuse me, right-handed bat who really hits the lefties well, I think he splits a lot of time with Ian Happ. I think one of those guys will really emerge as the guy by the end of this season. John Lester, we got pitching. I think he's the most reliable guy to start. And then on the bench, you're going to have Descalso, Ian Happ. Um, I think both of those guys will get some, a lot of starts, whether they, because they do play a lot of positions. So they'll be on the bench. Um, You look at David Bodie to be on the bench too. Uh, prime candidate to come in and hit a pinch hit home run 
maybe eat up some time for Chris Bryant when he's tired. But I like that lineup. I think leadoff hitter is the biggest question mark heading into the season. We know we've got power. We know we've got speed to be the best in the National League, as the song says. But whoever, if we could get a leadoff hitter as consistent as Dexter Fowler was at getting on base and setting the table for guys like Bryant Rizzo and now Bias to just do their job, we're going to be set. Now, whether that comes from Hayward, Elmora, Zobrist, Hap, maybe Descalso, or a guy we sign at some point, maybe we bring Dex back, whatever it is, if we have a leadoff hitter that's consistent, this Cubs team is going to look like a lot like the one that won a World Series just two seasons ago. Thanks again. My name is Anthony Pasquale, and that's all the time we have here today on the Cubs Corner Podcast. I thank you for listening. We're going to be looking to bring in Chris Emma and Stephen Cohn as guest stars on our podcast in the next coming weeks. But until then, stay tuned and go Cubs. Thank you for listening.